Yeah. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews 5. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. Sorry, verses 12 onwards. Hebrews 5, verses 12 onwards will read. <coughs> it says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We'll go to chapter 6 also. Chapter 6 verses 1 to 3. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, faith towards God, of doctrine, of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permits. I know sisters are new here today, so let me, I'll just give you a, 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 a gist of what is happening here. We are, we, are, we are learning some of the teachings that Jesus taught when he was on the earth. The original discipleship program that Jesus himself started. He selected a few disciples. He trained them. He made them disciples by teaching them certain things. And then he told them, go and make disciples by teaching them what I taught you. So we've seen that according to this, there are about at least six basic foundations that we learn. And it starts with repentance from dead works, faith towards God, uh, baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment. So these are the six of them that are mentioned in the Bible. And uh, like I said, these are, th these are the things that Jesus taught when he was on the earth. What he taught the people. And uh, to understand this better, I would recommend if you, you, I mean, we have the audio available online. You could, you could hear, hear them online. They are available. You could listen to the podcast. So we've covered a lot of these topics. And right now we are on the topic of resurrection of the dead. And what we have seen, ask everybody to be teachers of these things. These are what the Bible calls the ABCDs of God's word. ABCDs or the letters of the alphabet of God's word. And he expects everybody to, to learn these things and teach them. Just like uh, uh, a, a child in kindergarten can teach another child, a younger child, ABCDs. What is the qualification of that child to teach ABCD? The qualification is that child knows ABCD. So if you know ABCD, you can teach ABCD. You don't need a, to have a, a, a degree to teach ABCDs. Your qualification is you know ABCD. When my, my, my second daughter was five years old, she was teaching my son, who was four years old, ABCD. What is her qualification? She doesn't have a teacher's degree. She doesn't have any other qualification. Her qualification is she knows the ABCDs. So as long as you know these ABCDs, you are qualified to teach them. And by, it's by teaching that your knowledge about things increases. And we have seen that. We have heard several testimonies of people who have learned these things and when they started teaching when they took that step to start teaching others they came and said oh brother now I'm understanding a lot more now these things are opening up to me I see a lot more clearly Hallelujah! I worked in the IT industry for a long time about 16 years so I, I, 
I learned many technologies primarily by teaching. So you learn, we had these, I, I, I mean, I, I was a manager, I was a team leader, and we had these sessions called Train the Trainer. So people come from the US and UK, they come, they train us, and then they expect us to teach others. So they do these sessions. And, they, and even the world system approves that it's when you teach that you learn more. When you teach, you learn more. Suddenly you see new things there that you did not see when you were being taught. So it's the same principle that you apply here. When you start teaching others, you actually end up learning more. Even qualified teachers who teach in school, they come and say, Oh, when I started teaching, I started seeing new things. I did not know these things when I was learning, when I was preparing. When I started teaching these things, suddenly my understanding opened. So that's the same way all these things work. Hallelujah. So these are the basic doctrines that we are learning which God expects everybody to learn and to be a teacher. You don't need to be uh, uh, having any theology degree or anything for these. These are basics, the ABCDs. Hallelujah. So we are in the topic of resurrection from the dead. We understood that these doctrines, they teach the life cycle of a believer. In school we learn the life cycle of a butterfly life cycle of a frog, right? The butterfly starts as eggs, then uh, caterpillar, then pupae, then it comes to an adult butterfly. The different stages. Same way in the life of a believer, the first stage, the first step of a believer towards God is repentance. Then you, as you hear the word, repentance means changing your thinking. So as you change your thinking towards the things of God, your, your ideas about God change and by hearing you receive the faith to believe in a God you did not see, you did not touch. Hallelujah. So you receive the faith and then you trust, you start trusting in Him for things, to change your life, to, to have a different experience in life. And then you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You receive, you, we learned about the baptisms, the different types of baptisms in, in Christianity. We, you are water baptized. And then as you continue, hands are laid on you and given you positions of authority. And as your understanding develops, you lay hands on people and they receive healing. Hallelujah. And also, we understood that the next stage is, you, one day you have to leave this body. And then comes resurrection from the dead. And the final thing is eternal judgment. So these are the, the different stages in the life of a believer. And Bible says God is a God who knows the end from the beginning. So He expects His children also to know the end from the beginning. Hallelujah. So you know, oh, alright, this is what's going to happen. This is the next stage. As I continue, as I am faithful in the stage where I am in right now, I get promoted to the next stage. These are the things that are going to happen. So you can expect. Hallelujah. So we've completed all those things and right now we are in the topic of resurrection from the dead. And last week we, we saw what is death. Death is not the opposite of life, it is simply the absence life. Man was created in the image of God. Man's spirit body was made from the earth, you see in Genesis, his body was made from the earth. His spirit came from God. The God is a spirit. The part of man that is exactly like God is his spirit. Your body is made of the earth. Why do you need a body? Because to make any changes on the earth, you need a body that is made of the earth. 
Without a body that is of the earth, you cannot make any changes on the earth. Look around. Whatever you see around you came from the earth. The chair that I'm sitting on, the plastic that it's made of, the metal, some of the metal, the, the, the electronics, all the components came off the earth. Hallelujah. Your clothes came off the earth. Everything came off the earth. There's nothing that you have right now that came from the sky that just dropped in from outer space. Even that, most of them, scientists prove, mostly they are the same kind of minerals on other planets. Hallelujah. So, to make any changes on the earth, you need a body that came off the earth. Hallelujah. That's why even evil spirits try to possess a body. They are spirit beings. They cannot do anything on the earth till they have a body. So you have a body that is made of the earth. Your spirit, man's spirit came from God. And when his spirit came in contact with the body, the soul was formed. And the soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your intelligence. Because as I am speaking to you, my words are painting a picture in your mind. You're seeing, you don't see the letters, you see pictures. Hallelujah. Those are thoughts in your mind. And then as you're listening to me, you're, see, you're using your intelligence to analyze things. Um, what he, what he's saying? Does it make sense? Is it, is it right? Can it be wrong? You're, you're analyzing these things with your intelligence. And then with your will, you're deciding, should I accept it or not? And then with your emotions, you're showing it. Seeing your faces, I, I can understand if you're, if you're getting it or not. See, that's, that's your soul. All these consti uh, constitute your soul. Your mind, your intelligence, your, your will, your emotions. Alright? And we communicate to each other with our soul. I think my thoughts come out as words and you hear them and you make the decisions. Hallelujah. So communication happens through the soul. And the primary function of the soul is to control the body. My body moves, my hand moves because my mind decides. Hallelujah. So man's spirit came from God, his body was made of the earth and when the spirit entered the body, the soul was formed primarily to, to control the body and to communicate to each other. Hallelujah. And Bible says God is a spirit. So the part of man that is made like God is a spirit. The exact likeness of God. So because Adam's, who is the first man, his spirit came from God, his spirit was connected to the life that came from God. And when he disobeyed God, that life connection to his spirit was cut off. That life connection to his spirit was cut off. God told him, you shall eat the fruit of all the trees in the garden of Eden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You shall not eat of that tree. And the day you eat of it, you will die and you will die again. So the first death that came to man was spiritual death. That means his spirit is cut off from the life of God. And the rest that is left is what? Soul and body. So the part of man that was exactly like God died or separated from God. God is a spirit and the correct way to communicate to God is spirit to spirit. So when man's spirit died, what happened? He tried to communicate to God with his mind and with his body. That's when religion was formed. So everything that man does using his body and his mind, that is religion. That's why they think that if they burn candles, God will hear. If they hit a bell, God will hear. That's not the way to communicate to God. God is a spirit. And the right way to communicate to God is spirit to spirit. 
the reason man man couldn't communicate to god was because his spirit was separated from god every person who is born from adam is born with the sin nature in their flesh their spirit is separate from god is dead that's why you don't have to teach a child to lie a child knows how to lie that's in his flesh you don't have to teach a child to disobey it's there in their flesh they are born with that nature from adam hallelujah you see that in genesis 5 this is just a recap so the three types of death so the first death is spiritual death where the, your spirit is separated from god the second death is physical death where your spirit that that spirit is separated from the body and the last death is eternal death where you are separated from god forever so if you die without jesus you are you are dead eternally as it is man every person you see around you they are spiritually dead they are born with that nature and when their that spirit is separated from their body they die physically they die physically and if they die without jesus that spirit is separated from god forever that is eternal death hallelujah so what happens that's why we need to receive jesus as your lord and savior when you get born again when you receive jesus as your lord and savior you get born again your spirit is recreated new there is a brand new spirit on your inside and the moment that spirit leaves the body it's in heaven it doesn't linger around and if a person who is not born again if he dies the moment they leave the body that spirit is in hell separated from god forever it doesn't hang around either so there are two places that you can go the moment you leave your body either heaven or hell you don't hang around the ones that that you see they are called familiar spirits they are demonic spirits that are familiar with you so much that they know things about you that even your mother doesn't know all right they know you so what do they do they impersonate you they impersonate that dead person they know so many things about that dead person that they impersonate that person are you seeing this so those are familiar spirits they act like that person so the people say oh it is that person's spirit now there's nothing like that anybody who is dead if he is received jesus he is in heaven if he is not received jesus they are in hell they separated from god all right so i there's a reason why i'm recapping all these things because we're going to look at these things again all right so if you're dead without jesus you're 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 dead eternally separated from god forever in hell all right but if you're born again if you receive jesus as your lord and savior the moment you die that means your spirit leaves your body that spirit is instantly in heaven that's what bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the lord you don't hang around so those all those teachings about 40 days all those things that's just nonsense it's not biblical all right paul said the moment you leave your body you're absent from the body you're present with the lord you don't linger around you don't hang around you getting this so with this understanding we're going to look forward we saw that the resurrection of christ is the cornerstone of christian faith why because if jesus did not die then you are still stuck in your sin jesus was our substitute 
he was our substitute he was born without sin without the sin nature he lived as a man he died for us taking our place so we don't have to suffer we don't have to pay the payment for our sin he died on the cross on the cross he became our sin that's 2 Corinthians 5.21 it says he who knew no sin became sin for us on the cross when he was there he became our sin and when he became sin he took the judgment for our sin hallelujah Jesus came from God he was the word that became flesh he came from God so his spirit was connected to God he was God himself but on the cross when he became our sin his spirit was separated from God he died spiritually why because that's the only way he can go to hell if Jesus died any other way immediately he would go to heaven the only way he can he can go to hell to pay the payment for our sin is by becoming our sin he did not commit any sin of his own but he became our sin your past present and future sin he took it upon himself he became that and when he became sin God became the judge who judged sin see if you read the Gospels Jesus always called God my father my father my father but on the cross he said my God my God why have you forsaken see till then God was father but on the cross when he became sin our sin God became the judge who judges sin and he pronounced a judgment Bible says the wages of sin is death so what did, what did Jesus receive when he became our sin death the first death came on him which is spiritual death the same way it came on man it came on Jesus the first death that came to mankind was spiritual death where his spirit was separated from God the same thing came on Jesus he became our sin his spirit was separated from God and then the second death came physical death when the second death came that spirit was separated from his body where will his spirit go now hell hell he went to hell instead of us he was our substitute he went to hell he paid the price for our sin there and once the payment was done fully done third day he rose again because death could not hold him anymore when he went to hell he suffered eternal death he suffered all the three deaths spiritual death physical death and eternal death instead of us but death could not hold him because he did not commit any sin of his own he went there legally on our behalf to pay the price for our sin he paid that price third day he rose again when he rose again what happened his spirit was first reconnected back to God that is the first victory he got which is victory over spiritual death and then that spirit came back into his body his body rose again so that was victory over physical death and then he ascended and is seated at the right hand of God the Father forever and that is victory over eternal death so he won vic complete victory over sin and death complete victory over sin and death that's why Bible says in the book of Corinthians oh death where is your sting 
So as a believer, we don't have to be afraid of death anymore. Because you know, right now, if you leave this body, where will you go? I'll be in heaven. So I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid of coronavirus. I'm not afraid of anything because I know where I will go. What's the worst thing the devil can do to you? Kill you? See, that's the promotion. That's the promotion. You die, instantly you're in heaven. Why? Because you receive salvation. You receive Jesus. So death for a believer is a promotion. You go to a better place. You leave this earth. You don't have to go through the hassles of all these troubles in the body. Your spirit, you leave your body here, but your spirit is in heaven. Immediately with Jesus. And Bible says, as a believer, you will not taste death. That means the sting of death, you will not, you will not taste it. That, that's why, if you're a believer, you die peacefully. You die peacefully. You don't even have, you taste death. It just happens just like that. So the right way for a believer to die is, you do everything, you feel satisfied, you say, Lord, it's time for me. I fulfill my task. You can leave your body just like that. That's the right way. And we know so many people who've done that. They just say, they call their children, grandchildren, they say, I've finished my call, I've done everything God wanted me to do, it's time for me to go. They eat their last meal, they go, they lie down, they're off. They're gone. That's the right way. You are not afraid to die. Because you know you're going to a better place. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? So the moment you leave your body, you leave your body on the earth, your spirit is in heaven with Jesus. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian. Hallelujah. If you're not a believer, then the moment you leave your body, you're in hell. You're in hell. Separated from God forever. That's why you need to receive Jesus. You need to receive the payment that Jesus paid for your sin. Hallelujah. That's what we believe. Hallelujah. So now, what happens? That's the question. You understood death. You understood that if you die, you leave your body here and then your spirit is in heaven. Alright? So now what happens? Why are we learning about this topic called resurrection from the dead? Resurrection means coming back. Coming back to life. To become alive again. To be filled with life again. Alright? That's what we are learning. So why are we learning these things? Because Bible says, one day your bodies will also be resurrected. Your bodies will be resurrected. And it's going to be a completely dramatic, it's a big event. Let's look at the scriptures about that. Let's see that. Let's first look at 1 John chapter 4 verse 17. We're going to look at a few scriptures, then we'll explain them. Chapter 4, verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Alright? It's talking about judgment there. The next topic that we're going to study is about judgment. 
So he says, you're going to have boldness on the day of judgment. Why? Because right now, in this world, you're like him. Right now, you're like him. So one thing we can, we, we can be sure of is, whatever happened to Jesus, the same thing is going to happen to us. The same thing is going to happen to us. He's our example. He rose again from the dead. His body did. Hallelujah. And last week we saw that he had a special body. He had a special body. That the body that he resurrected, it was special. In John chapter 20, let's look at that. Let's look at that. John chapter 20, verses, verse 19. It says, Then the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Look at that. It says, the doors were shut. The disciples, this is after Jesus rose again from the dead. The disciples were afraid. They thought an uproar is going to happen. They're gonna, the, the, uh, uh, the Jews are going to come back, come and catch hold of them. And beat them and kill them. So they were afraid. So they were hiding in a, in a house. And Bible clearly mentions the doors were shut. But then Jesus came there. So the body that he got after resurrection, it's a special body that can pass through walls. And, the, and in verse 26 again, it says, After eight days, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. So again, it's mentioned. So he, the, the body he had in the resurrection, it can pass through walls. Walls are not a, uh, a restriction for it. And as you continue, you understand, we're going to see some things here. We're going to look at this in detail. So what I want you to know is, what happened to Jesus is an example of what is going to happen to us. Hallelujah. Alright, so let's look at some more scriptures. Go with me to John chapter 11. We'll read verse 25 and 26. John 25 and 26. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believeth in me shall never die. Look at that. Jesus is talking here. Whoever believes in me, he shall never die. That even though he died, he shall live again. He's actually talking about the resurrection. Let's see some more. John chapter 5, verse 25 to 29 we'll read. John 5, 25 to 29. Verily, verily, or surely, surely I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father has life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, they that have done good unto resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto resurrection of damnation. Look at that. 
He's saying, don't be marveled at this. It's going to happen. One day, you shall hear my voice. And then all that are in the grave shall rise again. Those who did good or people who believed in him, they will have a resurrection. It's called resurrection of life. And those who did not believe in him, they will also be resurrected. Their bodies will also be resurrected. It's called resurrection unto damnation. Even the word is pretty scary, right? Resurrection unto damnation. Look at that. Maybe you should make a horror movie with that. Like evil dead or all those kinds. Resurrection unto damnation. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. So there's going to be a resurrection. Even though you, you die, your spirit is in heaven. If you're a believer. If you're not a believer, your spirit is in hell. But then your bodies will be raised up again. You leave your body here. You see, ah, it's just decayed. It's just some bones left. Alright. But the bodies are going to be resurrected again. Hallelujah. Let's see some more. Let's see the whole event as it happens. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We'll read verse um, 13 onwards. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep or dead, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So he's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those people or those believers who died before you. Alright? He said, you should not sorrow after them, like others who have no hope. Alright? For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep or died in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, that's an amazing thing. Alright? It's talking about something which is about to happen. It's going to happen. We believe it or not, it's going to happen. This event is called the rapture of the church. Or, this is the thing. There are two resurrections. One for believers and one for unbelievers. So what we, what we read about here is not the second coming of Jesus. This is where he comes in the cloud. In the second coming of Jesus, he's going to come on the earth to establish his kingdom. So what we read about here is when he comes in the cloud. Alright? So here it says, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with, and the, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So that means there's Coming a day when the Lord Himself will come in the clouds. From heaven He will descend down to the clouds. There will be the voice or a shout of an archangel. And there will be the sound of a trumpet. And then it says, 
the dead in Christ shall rise first. That means believers. All right? All the believers from the time of Jesus, all who died, their bodies are going to be resurrected. So Jesus is going to come in the clouds with their spirits. Where are their spirits now? In heaven with Jesus. So he is going to come in the clouds with their spirits. In, and then their bodies are going to be resurrected. And these bodies are going to join their spirit in the clouds. At the same time, there are the earth, believers, Christians on the earth. Look at that. Verse 17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. It says, Then we shall be caught up with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. Look at that. First, all the believers who died, they are going to be raised up, their bodies. Then, all those who are alive, they are going to be taken up. We'll see some more explanation on this. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15. We'll read from verse um, 49 onwards. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all die or sleep, but we shall all be changed. Look at that. It says, we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For the corruptible must put on incorruption, and the mortal must put on immortality. Look at that. What does this mean? So it says, when Jesus comes in the cloud with the spirits of all the believers, where there will be the shout of an archangel, and then there will be a trumpet sound, Immediately, all the bodies of all the believers who died early, they will be resurrected. And then Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye, like how fast can you just blink your eye? In that moment, all the people who are here on the earth, their body shall be changed. And then they shall be caught up with the others. Why does it say your body shall be changed? Why? This body that we have is a body of flesh and blood. Alright? This body is a body of flesh and blood. Where did this come from? From the earth. This body came from the earth. Adam's, Adam, the first man, his body was made of the earth. This body came from the earth. When Adam sinned, God said, Cursed is the earth for your sake. Everything that came from the earth is under that curse because of Adam's sin. That's why you age. That's why scientists still, till today, they cannot stop a person from aging. You don't like to see your hairs becoming gray. Maybe it's a fashion right now. But normally people don't like to see their hairs growing gray and you see their beard. I mean, you, you, why do you think I'm clean shaven? <laughs> Alright? Look at that. And then wrinkles come. Your skin, your skin starts sagging. All those things. You don't like it. Why? Because of the curse, the decay and destruction that came on the everything that came from the earth because of Adam's disobedience. 
Hallelujah. The moment Adam sinned, curse came on the earth and everything that came off the earth. That's why everything around you is subject to decay and destruction. You leave this building, just ignore this building for two years. Or leave, forget two years, six months. How will this building be? Things will start falling to the ground. Hallelujah. I mean, forget it, you leave your house for a week, you go somewhere, you come back. What is it that you're going to find? Dust everywhere. You clean it up and you go. There's dust coming. Things start falling off. Paint starts spilling off. You don't like it. Why? It's under that curse. Hallelujah. So this flesh and blood that is of the earth, it cannot enter heaven. This flesh has the sin nature in it. That's why this has some desires that can cause you to sin. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. That's all there in this flesh. It can just make you do stuff. You don't need the devil for you to get in trouble. This flesh is more than enough. You can say your flesh is the twin brother of the devil. It can make you do certain things. Hallelujah. That's why you need to be born again. It's your spirit that becomes born again. It's your spirit that leaves the body and goes to heaven. So this body cannot enter heaven. So you need to be changed. You're going to get a different body. And what kind of body is it that you're going to have? It's a special kind of body. This body is going to be exactly the same body that Jesus had when he rose from the dead. How is this body? Let's look at that. Oops. Sorry. Go with me to um, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. We'll read from verse 20 onwards. It says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence we also look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able to subdue all things unto Himself. Look at that. It says He will change this vile body. I mean, this body is vile. Vile means this bad. Uh, you know the trouble that you have to go through just to keep this body in shape? You neglect this body for a few days, all kinds of things will start adding up. You don't like to see this pack on your side. So to, to get rid of this, what do you have to do? Go to the gym and struggle. I mean, you may want to eat a lot of stuff, but you have to regulate all that thing. No sugar. Alright, control the food that you eat. You can't eat all the cakes you want. No, you can't drink all the soda. No, you need to control and then you need to exercise. I mean, this, otherwise this body is going to get you in trouble. That's why Bible calls this vile body. Paul said in Romans chapter 7, he said, Who shall rescue me from this wretched body? Paul said, Who shall rescue me from this body? See, because why? Because this body was giving Paul trouble. The great apostle Paul who wrote one third of the, of the Bible. He is saying, Man, this body, the good things that I want to do, I am not doing. The evil things which I don't want to do, I am doing. That's Romans 7. Paul himself is writing about it. So this body cannot enter heaven. So what, what's going to happen to this body? It says, it, he will transform, he will change this body 
and it will be fashioned like his glorious body the body the glorified body that Jesus has right now in his resurrection our bodies are going to be changed like that we'll see some more about this go with me to Luke chapter 20 we'll read from verse 27 onwards there's a story here at the time of Jesus people the, among the Jewish, Jewish leaders they are called Sadducees and the Pharisees the, the Sadducees are people they are religious leaders they are different groups and they did not believe in any resurrection the Pharisees believed in resurrection now when one day these Sadducees came to Jesus and they, they asked him a question we'll read that verse 27 then came to him certain of the Sadducees which deny that there is any resurrection and they asked him saying master Moses wrote unto us if a man's brother die having a wife and he die without children that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto his brother there were therefore seven brethren the first took a wife and died without children and the second took her to wife and he died childless and the third took her in the like manner also they left no children and died last of all the woman died also therefore in the resurrection whose wife of them is she for seven had her to wife man it's an interesting question look at that they said according to the law of Moses he die without children if he has a, bre a brother his brother should take him as take that woman as a wife and have children with her for the elder brother see for them the family name and the carrying the family name was very important just like our Indian community oh this family our family name this is you can't marry into that family this name only now they are our caste so they also considered it the same so if if you don't have children then that family just stops right there that lineage of that family stops no more nobody else to carry the name so what happens the youngest should take the uh, the, uh, the elder brother's wife as his wife and have children for the older brother that was that was the tradition all right so now what happens is there was this lady one guy married her he died without children he had six brothers so when he died his the next brother married her he also died without children then the next brother married her finally all seven of them married her without children and at, at the end that that woman also died so they asked asked Jesus uh, <clears throat> this question said now if there is a resurrection whose wife shall she be now I had this kind of question when my mom died when I was 16 and then we we forced our dad to get married again but then this thought would come man when my dad goes to heaven when my stepmom also goes to heaven man they're gonna have a fight up there because my, my mom was tough my mom was tough she was in the army the policy was you get, you get in a fight in school and you come back home without hitting them I will beat you that was my mom that was my mom <laughs> I mean no matter how much I get beaten up I still have to be give at least one without giving at least one if I come back home she'll deal with me you give one and you come I'll deal with it that was my mom she was a good woman highly educated very good very loving but she was tough she was in the army 
So I would think, man, when my dad and my stepmom die and go to heaven, they're going to have a fight there. So I had this kind of question there. Because my mom, she's tough. She's a tough mom. So I would think. But then Jesus gave an interesting answer here. Let's read. Verse 34. Jesus answering said unto them, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage, but they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain the world, obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage. Neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. Look at that. Now Jesus gives the explanation. He said, when you have the resurrection, the body that you have, it's going to be a different body. You are, you, are, you are like angels. That means you can travel at the speed of light. You can be here right now and you can be in Tokyo the next second. At the speed of light. You can pass through walls. Jesus came through walls. Are you getting this? Special bodies. And angels can neither, they don't marry or give in marriage. So once I understood this, like, alright, there's going to be peace up there in heaven. <laughs> My mom is not going to fight. <laughs> alright, so I understood this. So in the resurrection, the body that you're going to have is going to be a special body, an angelic body. You don't have to struggle with the fat, the tire around your waist, no. It's going to be a supernatural body. Bible calls it a glorified body. Same like Jesus. The same body that Jesus had when he was resurrected. We are going to have that kind of body. Are you getting this? This is important for you to understand. This is important. Understanding this gives you hope. It will remove the fear of death from you. See, one of the biggest fear of man is death. They're afraid to die. The moment you hear all these things. What is... Just look around us. Coronavirus. People are afraid. Thankfully, because of that, there's no traffic. People are working from home. We reached here early today. Why? Because people are scared. They're working from home. It's fear. People don't travel. They're, they, they're going around with masks. They're afraid to speak to each other. You don't, you don't give a handshake. There's a foot shake now. <laughs> you saw the video. I don't know. Yeah. The foot shake now. They are scared. The complete doctrine of laying on of hands is just gone to waste now. <laughs> they won't let you pray for them. It's like, no pastor, you pray from far. Are you getting this? You can't lay hands on the sick. You're afraid. Oh, now I have to use uh, uh, what? A hand sanitizer. Lysol or pure cell, whatever it is. Are you getting this? It's just fear. Fear of death. But if you understand this, the fear of death will be removed. So I don't care what's around me. Psalms 91 says, A thousand shall fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, it shall not come near me. No evil shall come, come near me. No, no plague shall come near my dwelling place. That's the promise of God. That's the promise of God. Now consider what's the worst case scenario. You got some deadly disease, cancer or something. And you die. Hey, you just left this vile body. 
you, you, you are in the presence of God. It's a promotion. The worst thing the devil can do to you is the best thing that can happen to you. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? So the fear of death is completely eliminated. You're not afraid of death anymore. Said, ah, when I'm satisfied, I will die. I will leave this body and go. Even if you put something on me, it's just a promotion for me. And then one day I'm going to get a better body. I'm going to look better with six packs all year round. <laughs> Are you getting this? I mean, I'm just exaggerating. I don't know if you're going to have a six pack or family pack or whatever pack, but I'm going to look like an angel. I know I'm going to look like an angel because the word says so. I'm going to have a glorified body. I don't have to worry. Bible doesn't talk about angels going to the gym. No, I don't have to. All right. So I can enjoy. See, this is to give you hope. Because when the fear of death is eliminated, God can use you. God can use you. Everything around you is the fear of death. Bible says, fear does not come from God. Fear does not come from God. Fear causes torment. That's what Bible says. Yes, it's just fear. Oh, my family, my child is coughing. What's going to happen? Is it coronavirus? I'll go to the hospital, do the blood test, everything. And then you'll be marked as potential threat. Quarantine. See, you get a label also. Are you seeing this? See, it's just fear. Fear is what is controlling the world system. They try to control you through fear. They try to control everything about you through fear. But when that fear is eliminated, you can be productive for Jesus. God can use you. You can go and pray for the sick. You're not afraid. John G. Lake, when the, when the bubonic plague was there killing people in Africa, he went there and he was ministering to the sick. When all the scientists came with their special suit and mask, they said, can you work with them and you are not affected? He said, you do one thing. Take those foam that comes from the dead people, the, 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 from their mouth. Take it, put it on my hand. And then you test it. They said, test it before you put it on my hand. They took the foam, they tested it under the microscope. They saw the, the, the bacteria, the, the bacteria or virus, whatever it is. They saw, they saw those organisms. And then they put it on his, on his hand and then they took it and looked under the microscope. They found that all those organisms were dead. Why? Because now you operate under a different law. That's what Romans 8 verse 2 says. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Ephesians 1.19 says, The same power that raised Christ from the dead is available for us who believe. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, resurrection power is available for us if you believe. You're not afraid of death. He said, all those nonsense, it will not come on me. It will not come in my body. It will not come in my family. It will not touch my children. In Jesus' name, I believe. Therefore, I speak. See, that is faith. That is hope. Based on the word of God. So you're not afraid. Said, what's the worst thing? I die, I get a better body. I get a better body. I'm in heaven with Jesus. I don't have to worry about this body anymore. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? 
So nobody can put a gun on your head and say, now renounce Jesus. I will kill you if you don't renounce Jesus. Then do what you want. You don't know where you, where you are going. I know where I'm, go, uh, where I'm going right now. Shoot it. Go ahead. I know where I'm go going now. I leave this body, I'm in a better place. You are still here. You will suffer. So you don't have boldness to speak. You have boldness. See, when Peter was put in the dungeon, he was supposed to be uh, killed the next day by Herod. He was supposed to be killed. And Bible says he was sleeping so soundly in the dungeon that an angel had to come and whack him to wake him up. Yeah. Bible says the angel smote him. Smote means just a night's whack. Adi. That means he was sleeping so soundly he was not afraid of dying. He knows, hey, what else? They kill me. I'll be with Jesus forever. I'm going to have a better body anyway. So you lose the fear of death. Are you getting this? This is very important. Resurrection from the dead. One day, that trumpet is going to sound. There will be the voice of the archangel. Jesus is going to come in the cloud with the spirits of all those believers who died. Their spirits are with Him. The moment they left the body, they are in heaven with Jesus. They are going to come back with Jesus in the cloud. Their bodies are going to be resurrected. Special bodies. And we who are alive, if we are there, we will be transformed in the blinking, twinkling of an eye. So fast. And we will be caught up with them. We will be caught up in heaven, in the clouds with them. And Bible says, we will be with Him forever. Forever. We will be with Him forever. Man, that's an amazing thing. See, this is hope for us. And God wants everybody to know these things. These are the ABCDs. See, imagine you're a new believer. You get to know this. How productive can you be for Jesus? Meanwhile, most of the people, they call themselves Christian. They are always controlled by fear. Oh, are you, what is this happening around me? Oh Lord, what is happening? Why are you doing this to me? Meanwhile, Jesus said, it's a thief, the devil who comes to steal, kill and destroy. It's a thief. He said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly till it overflows, the Amplified says. Overflow to the full. Enjoy to the abundance. Live a full life. Bless your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Leave an inheritance for them. Bless them. Be a blessing to nations. That's the purpose of God. That's the plan of God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To bring you to an expected, happy, prosperous end. See, that's what God is thinking about us. Meanwhile, all the disaster that happens around us, the people call them act of God. They call it act of God. It's not God. It's the devil. He is the one who does the stealing, killing and destruction. When my mom died when I was 16 by cancer, people said, God took your mom. Man, I was angry at God. I did not want God. I said, man, if this God said something, I will do exactly the opposite. He took my mom. So I, was, I rebelled against God. I did all kinds of nonsense. Because I thought God took her. It was not God. God did not put cancer on her. It was the devil who came to steal, kill and destroy. Are you getting this? You need to understand. Jesus came so we can enjoy life. The full life that he paid for. 
He paid the price for the curse. He paid the price for our sin. He became the curse, Bible says. Cursed is he that hangs on the tree, that we, the blessing of Abraham might come upon us. He took the curse so we can enjoy the blessing. Hallelujah. I hope, I believe you understood this. I believe you understood this. This is resurrection from the dead. And this. What happened to Jesus is going to happen to us. He, he was raised from the dead. He had a glorified body. And we are going to be raised from the dead. With a glorified body exactly like His. And we will be with Him forever. Hallelujah. You got this. I know you got this. Hallelujah. We'll continue next week on this. We'll see more. We'll see about the rapture of the church. We will see the end times, the antichrist. We will see a little bit on all those things. Hallelujah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Especially because we are in the last days. And then we come into the topic of judgment. Eternal judgment. Judgment is a beautiful word. It is one of the, one of the most abused words in Christianity. Like there are two words that are abused the most in Christianity that is repent and judgment. The most abused words in Christianity. Meanwhile, they are the most beautiful words in Christianity. They are words that give you hope. They are words that will put life in... We'll see more about that in detail. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we praise you. We worship you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. We thank you for the hope that your word gives us, Lord, the confident expectation of a glory, glorious future, the confident expectation of being with you forever. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We are grateful, Daddy. We are grateful for your word. We are grateful for giving us this understanding, Lord. We thank you that we are going back renewed, refreshed with hope. Thank you so much. We praise you. We worship you. I bless every person under the sound of my voice. That the word that is sown into their heart shall bear fruit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.